No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, it's Friday night. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on DLA. Hello there. Thank you so much for joining us. Apologies, I haven't been around much. I haven't been around. Uh, did you miss me? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Please share the show out if you haven't already. Uh, if you don't want to share the show out, that's fine. I completely understand. I wouldn't either if I were you. But thank you for joining us. Uh, just a quick little spiel. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, the police, well, I'm, I'm working on doing this as quickly as possible now. I'm, I'm turning this little, the little promo, the little plug into like fucking Australian mumble rap <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. So let's give it a crack. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to complain about my Australian mumble rap, then you can do so by following me on Twitter, at boogiebumper. How about that? How do you like that? Oh, we're on fire early tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Oh, Lady of Diamonds celebrating five months substreak. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hope you had a lovely week. I certainly did. Apologies that I couldn't come on uh, Wednesday. I had a work-related issue. How about some didgeridoo dubstep? <laughs> now you're talking. Now you, we're going to create a whole genre here tonight. This is exactly what I've been missing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Apologies for Wednesday night. I had a work thing and I couldn't avoid it. And I had to be there at the time when I would usually prep and I didn't get home until like basically after the show started. And it was just the whole thing. Ah, uh, ah. Uh couldn't do a show but we're back Ring we're the rolling bell now and get your cheese man thank you for the uh subscription amberlina i've got so much to get through tonight ladies and gentlemen and so little time of course it is uh before we go too far i just want to on a, if i can just for a moment on a serious note I want to wish all of my American brothers and sisters commiserations on this something happened day ring the bell and get your cheese man thank you for the sub movie time blues I want to offer my condolences on this day when some people did something. So, <laughs> you know, my heart goes out to you all of these years later, 20 years later, the 20th anniversary of some people doing something. So, you know, uh, may we never forget the day that some people did something, I think. I think that's the way we, we should sort of go about this. Some people did something. Some people did some things day fascist hippie in the chat what happened some people did something <laughs> didn't you hear something happened and some people did it so the 20th anniversary is it 19 is it 19 years oh what oh yeah i guess it is oh one time flies when you're having fun thank you for joining us ladies and gentlemen so much to get through so little time now the first item i have for you tonight we're going to be dancing between i've got some australian news i've got some american news I do want to cover a trend that I've been following for the last three weeks or so. Uh, if you're new to this program, fear not. 
uh, you probably won't be here for long, so maybe I shouldn't even bother explaining things to you. But if you're an OG listener, uh, you know that I'm a bit of a political junkie so I've, and a campaign junkie. You know, I follow campaigns in Australia, obviously, uh, the UK, the United States, I even follow a bit of Canadian politics like, like nobody else does on planet fucking Earth. Not even the Canadians follow Canadian politics. But I do try to, I do try to keep abreast of things that are happening in a political sphere because I'm a genuinely embittered, twisted and cynical individual and I hate myself and those who love me. And I want to bore them at dinner parties by talking about, you know, the latest policy shifts in uh, local UK government elections. You know, I'm that kind of a boring individual. So, <clears throat> pardon me. So we'll get into all of that. Oh my God, I've just realised I've I, I didn't start the podcast live stream. <laughs> now the podcast is on air. Thank you for joining us, podcast listeners. Where the hell were you for the first 10 minutes? It's my fault. So the podcast live stream is now up and running. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I do like to cover, I do like to keep abreast of political issues around the world. So we will be dancing between uh, a, a few different countries tonight. But before we get to any of that, you know, sports are, are, are coming back again. Sports are starting to come back. You're not going to the sports though. You know, sports fans in the audience. I'm pleased to report that the sports are back. The sports stars are back. The sports stars are getting paid the television uh, crews are at the ground, but you're not there. You're not allowed to be there yet. Because <laughs> it's all about the fans, you see, the sports. So the first item I have, but more important than sports, I think, is racism. Obviously, we like to talk about racism constantly here on this show because ideally we want everybody at each other's throats whenever we can get the opportunity. So <laughs> I want to merge the two here. Now, I don't expect my American brothers and sisters to know anything about cricket. Fear not. <laughs> I can see Periscope World Traveler in the chat. Sports and a little throwing up emoji. Don't worry. Stick with me. Stick with me. Do you have no faith in me? Come on. You know I can save this. I don't expect my North American friends to know anything about cricket, but what I do know is my North American friends know a lot about racism. Why Australia will not take a knee in a Black Lives Matter tribute before the England series, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Oh my, those awful racist bigoted Australians refusing to take a knee to honour the movement of Black Lives Matter. See, because now we've been covering this, now we know that the entire paradigm has been flipped around 180 degrees. This time last year, you were being disrespectful if you knelt during the anthem. Now, if you don't kneel during the anthem, you're being disrespectful. It happens so quickly, but that's where we are now placed. So now the Australians, so now if you refuse to kneel during the anthem, you have to explain yourself. <laughs> Foggy in the chat. Shout out to Foggy. We've been playing some Rust over the last couple of days. Great guy. Aussie, fellow Aussie bro over there in Canada. Shitting it up in Canada. Thank you for joining us, Foggy. Uh, he says, this will enrage all those African-American cricket fans. I'm sure it will. Just a thought. I was just thinking when I was taking a piss. I do a lot of thinking when I have my penis in my hand. And I was taking a piss and I was just thinking, isn't kneeling um, disrespectful to the family of George Floyd? Like when they when they see all of these sports stars and celebrities and every everybody kneeling, are they not just reminded about his horrible demise caught live on camera? How very disrespectful. You should stand. 
to honor the memory of George Floyd. Kneeling just is kind of like rubbing salt in the wound, isn't it? What am I missing here? I mean, it's like giving a paraplegic a standing ovation. How dare you rub it in their face that they can't walk around? Anyway. Australia cricket captain Aaron Finch. (coughs) Too much wine and cigarettes last night. Australia cricket captain Aaron Finch has confirmed his team will not take the knee. Take the knee, it's now saying. (laughs) It's now a phrase. He has confirmed his team will not take the knee, the knee, in a gesture of solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement before their series against England, ladies and gentlemen. Finch's Australia arrived in England last month ahead of a three-match T20, that's 2020, series and one-day international series against Owen Morgan's World Cup winners. The first 2020 international at the Aegis Bowl on Friday will be Australia's first game since the killing of George Floyd on May 25. <laughs> Australia's first cricket match since the killing of George Floyd. So we're now using the George Floyd death as some kind of historical marker in the calendar, it seems. Interesting. Where were you on the day that George Floyd's life was taken? Well, I remember where I was. You know, when would when would you like to get together? About a week after the George Floyd day. Okay, that sounds good. Floyd's death sparked a global wave of Black Lives Matter protests and a number of teams, leagues and sports across the world have taken a knee in a show of support to the movement, ladies and gentlemen. The England and West Indies squads both took a knee ahead of the first test of the summer and continued doing so throughout the series. See, this is the problem, right? This is the question I have. It's always the first guy over the trench that gets shot in the face by the machine gun turret, right? So now that we have uh, entrenched this new tradition of everybody should kneel during an anthem in order to show respect to the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Now that that's become the new normal, how long do we have to do this for? Do you see what I'm saying here? How long do we have to continue kneeling during the anthem? Is this now just going to be it forever? Because what happens, right, the first team or the first person who decides, okay, I'm, we've done enough kneeling now. You know, I think we've paid enough respect. Now I'm, I'm going to go back to doing what I normally do when the anthem plays and just like standing, you know. The first person who comes out and says that may be cancelled. Oh, is it Lady Fritzer in the chat? Thank you for pointing that out. Until the world is fixed. <laughs> oh, goody. Well, we have, I'm just looking at my watch. Should be any minute now. Any day now. (laughs) Jim N-Word, of course the Aussie knows about getting machine gunned over a trench. Never forget Gallipoli, exactly. They sent us to the wrong beach, Jim. They sent us to the wrong beach. So, I don't know, where does it end? The first guy over the trench gets shot in the face. Whoever decides first that they've done enough kneeling is now going to be the bad guy. You're the bigot. You're the awful one. You're not paying respect to the movement. Lucky the Australian cricket team. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> uh, Finch told Telegraph Sport, the education around it is more important than the protest. A very, very clever way of putting it. Well done, Finch boy. Well done, Finchy. Fucking get in there, mate. I have spoken to Owen and we are not going to do specific gestures like it has happened in the past. For us, we are really proud to play a game where it is celebrated all around the world and anyone can play it. It doesn't matter what race, what religion, what what nationality you are from, cricket is a game for everyone and I'm really proud of that. So there you go. No kneeling for the Australian cricket team. 
a line in the sand, if you will. So this, you know, I think, I don't know if it's good or bad. You have to decide. I'm more concerned with like the psychology. I'm more concerned with the metagame of things like this. Like I said, who decides how long everybody has to kneel for? It's kind of like when I was a kid, right? And I'm talking really young. And I was a little brat when I was a kid. So most of my, you know, early school years was spent outside the classroom, believe it or not. Um, I was a bit disruptive. I was the kind of kid where like I would sit somewhere and all of the kids around me, their grades would suffer because I would distract them and annoy them and, you know, never shut up. So I was a bad influence. (laughs) So I would often have a desk outside the classroom. And the teacher would bring out my schoolwork and give it to me out there. I wasn't allowed to mix with the other children. (laughs) So one of the teachers used to have this thing, like just say we were going on a field trip, right? Uh, This and every, you know, you know what kids are like in the school bus, making hell of a noise, throwing shit around, screaming, carrying on. One of these teachers, he had this fantastic trick. I wish I knew what he was doing back then. Of course, with hindsight, everything becomes clear. But he would say to the kids, okay, there's a rule, no talking for five minutes. But he would say, after five minutes, you can do whatever you want. But you have to be absolutely dead silent for five minutes. But the different, the point here is he wouldn't tell people when the five minutes was over. So all of these kids would just be quiet for like five, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Nobody wanted to be the first child to make noise because nobody was sure if five minutes was up yet or not. He just wouldn't announce it. Okay, no talking for five minutes. Nobody wanted to talk for the whole rest of the trip. (laughs) That's what we're dealing with here with this kind of shit. Okay, everybody start taking a knee. You don't have to do it forever, but just for a little while. And so everyone starts taking a knee. Then nobody wants to be the first guy to stop taking a knee. You don't want to be the odd one out because everybody will be looking at you. Everyone will point at you. Everyone will say, why isn't he taking the knee? Who said it was time to stop? Is it time to stop? Can we stop? Should we keep taking the knee? Right? So that's the Australian cricket team, ladies and gentlemen. Talking on the school bus for your freedom. Uh, Let's dip over to the United States because I'm sure you're you're just about ready for one of these moments. And, you know, cricket is like, this isn't a small sport in Australia. Cricket is a pretty big deal. There's an old saying here, the second most important job in Australia behind the prime minister is the a captain of the Australian cricket team. That's how highly regarded the Australian cricket team is here, historically. Even for people who don't like cricket, <laughs> it maddens them. But everybody wants to know about the cricket team. So I'm sure you're just around the corner, right? I'm sure you're getting close to this moment in time when, you know, sports stars and sports teams and stuff say, hey, why don't we get back to focusing on what we're here to do? And that's winning games of football, winning cricket matches, winning games of baseball, winning hockey matches, right? That's our bread and butter. That's what we're employed to do. Let's focus on that. I'm sure you're really close to that moment. So let's check it out. Let's see what's happening in the good old US of A when it comes to sports protests. Football is back, but the game is going to look a lot different. What? For one thing, no cheerleader. Oh. This is already enraging. (laughs) 
I can manage with no cheerleaders. Cheerleaders aren't important. I don't care. I don't care about cheerleaders. Honestly, honest to God, hand on heart. Like all jokes aside, I, I legitimately wouldn't even I wouldn't even notice when I go to watch my team play football. I wouldn't even notice if there was cheerleaders there or not. I don't think we don't even ha- I don't think we have cheerleaders. It's not something we do. So it's like, yeah, I, I couldn't care less about the cheerleaders. So that's fine. I can live with that. What else you got? And only 16,000 fans oh. will be permitted inside Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City to watch. Is Arrowhead an offensive name for a stadium? Maybe it is. If it's not, it should be. When are they going to change the name of Arrowhead Stadium? I mean, you know, oppression, Native Americans, whatever. Whatever the hell they're talking about. I don't know. But it should be cancelled. It should be changed. Something non offensive Maybe Casino Stadium. Plantation Stadium. I don't know. A stadium that normally seats 76,000. Nathan Vickers is a reporter with KCT. Nathan Vickers. Nathan Vickers. He looks like a Mr. Vickers, doesn't he? Look at his little hat. Look at his little fish. Look at his little Andy Cap hat. (laughs) Nathan Vickers. Nathan Vickers is a small town fisherman from the northeast of England. <laughs> He's been f- fishing uh, trout in his family for generations. The Vickers family. Arrowhead's going to have a reduced capacity to this. Oh my God, they put a mask on the fucking dinosaur. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. There's a Tyrannosaurus Rex dinosaur in the background for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why it's there. Uh, maybe they can't have an Indian chief at Kansas City, even though they are the Kansas City Chiefs, which, again, very offensive. Ambelina with the diamond. Dickhead Stadium sounds good. There you go. Not a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Dickhead Stadium. So <laughs> they've got a Tyrannosaurus Rex statue out the front. I don't know why it's there. But they've put a mask on it. <laughs> you know, I think we're a little late to be saving the dinosaurs. Don't you think? I think the dinosaurs are pretty well spoken for. A mask is not going to save our old mate T-Rex over here. But interesting promo nonetheless. Here, and even though there's only going to be 16,000 people in the stands, they say... They're going to be making... Even though there's going to be 16,000 people here, Bob, they say they're going to be making a fucking shitload of noise. They're going to be so fucking loud in this stadium. You're not going to believe it, Bob. They're going to be screaming their tits off in the stands. They're just going to cheer five times as loud. Hey, <laughs> God, sports reporting is agonizingly predictable. <laughs> I do a, a show once a week with my mate Greeno called The Starting Block. And before we were doing like the live streaming podcasting thing, we were on local radio for about, well, I was on the show for about five years and then Greeno did it for a couple of years on his own because I couldn't because of work commitments and stuff outside of that. So <laughs> so we back then, though, we were like a legitimate sports show. We would cover legit sports. We'd still have a laugh, but a big section of our show was dedicated to just laughing at sports journalism. <laughs> so we've, we've done this like hundreds of times. Sports journalism is by far the most... It's more predictable than fucking Sunrise. You know exactly what people are going to say. You know exactly the answers you're going to get from athletes. Well, it's a game of two halves, right? 
Well, no, it's there's no easy games in this league. That's one. There's no easy games in this league, so we've got to come in fully prepared. Uh, we expect the other team to give their absolute best. Uh, it's a game of two halves, and we're just going to take every game as it comes. We're not thinking about the finals right now. <laughs> like, that's every single sports interview. Even though there's only 16,000 fans, they're going to make sure that they're making a hell of a lot of noise. <laughs> sports journalism exists purely to promote the sport. You know, it, it's it's like your favourite political journalists. They exist nowadays. It never used to be the, the case, but now political journalism is merely a vehicle for promoting certain politicians and certain policies, right? Same thing happens in sports. Sports journalism is just about promoting the sport. It's not about reporting on the sport anymore. You have to just keep... You have, yeah, we've just got to keep improving. <laughs> We're working... Even though we've won 45 games in a row, there's still some things we can, we need to improve on because there's no there's no easy games in this league. And it's a game of two halves, four quarters. We've got to play for four quarters. <laughs> we're not thinking about next week right now. Uh, right now, we're just thinking about tonight's game and we're taking it one week as it comes. And, you know, we've got the full support of the board. Other safety precautions are being taken. Like what? All fans will be required to wear face masks. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Face mask stadium. Woo! Woo! <laughs> football. Genuine American football. It's going to be hard to eat your nachos with a face full of fucking cloth. <laughs> it's going to be hard to suck down those beer and hot dogs, my man. Holy shit. No, seriously, though, we want you to come out to the game. We want you to have fun. But we want you to have fun in a controlled environment following the rules. Congratulations, Kansas City. You're that good at following the rules. Masks at all times. Okay. Social distancing will be enforced. Good. How ridiculous is all of this stuff, all right? I remember talking about this months ago. So I follow the Australian Football League, right? AFL. I'm an AFL fan. My team's not doing particularly well this year, so that's fine. So this year I'm not watching AFL because <laughs> my team's fucking terrible. But but anyway, putting that to one side, the ridiculousness of this. So, like, it's, Australian rules football is a full contact sport. There's no padding and helmets and shit. Like, these people fucking hurt each other, right? It's a full contact. There's no, like, there's no tag or anything like that. So, you know, they're tackling each other to the ground. They're jumping on each other's heads and shit. And you're watching this game and people are jumping into each other and tackling each other. And then after somebody kicks a goal, they can't even high five. They have to like rub shoulders. <laughs> they have to rub elbows. And it's like, hey, we've just been watching them wrestle each other to the ground for the last half an hour, but they're not allowed to shake hands after the game. It is so retarded, this stuff. Right? Surely they're allowed to shake hands. <laughs> Foggy in the chat. AFL is trash. That being said, go Hawks. <laughs> Fascist if he calm the crows. <laughs> So all of it's just mind-numbingly stupid. Well, we've got to, we've got to, you know, we've got to put on a good show for people. We've got to be an example to people. So we'll wrestle each other to the ground. We'll rub each other's faces in the dirt. We'll put our hands all over the faces and the eyes of the other players. But then after the game, we're banned from shaking hands. Like who's fucking writing these rules? It's absolutely insane. But. Everybody just pretends like it's good. Everybody pretends like it's the right thing to do. That's the maddening part about it. Everyone pretending like all this is normal when it's not. 
But if you say that it's not, you're the asshole. <laughs> Concession stands are cashless. Oh, good. Food will be served cashless, in clothes. Cashless economy, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. No, I'm not a Swan supporter. The other Sydney team, fascist hippie, the other Sydney team. Come on, I'm a Westie. I'm not supporting those eastern suburbs. Poofs, give me a break. Most containers. On the field, though, it's a different story. Football is a full-body contact sport, so social distance. No, it's not. you got padding and helmets and shit, man. Come on. Saying obviously isn't possible. Neither is wearing a mask. So in an effort... <laughs> God, I would... Wouldn't you love to see the footballers run out there wearing face masks? Oh, please. Please let it happen. Please. God, I want that to happen so much. Not the usual cloth masks either. I want them to like wear like the full fucking, what is it? The N95 mask with the tubes coming out the side. God, why can't they do it? Wouldn't it be so much fun? Effort to contain any potential spread of the virus. Right. Players and coaches will be tested every day. With widespread protests over racial injustice across. Oh, yeah. A lot of white arms there. Most, mostly white. I can only see two black guys. Remember the story we did on Monday night? <laughs> well, I forget where was it from the New York Times? Somebody sent it to me. I can't remember who, so apologies for not giving you credit. Somebody sent us the story. We covered it on the show. Uh, and the person was complaining that white people are ruining the Black Lives Matter movement because they're turning it into like kind of like, you know, the the protest equivalent of a gentrified vegan cafe in the Bronx, you know what I mean? White people are ruining everything. They're even ruining the Black Lives Matter protest movement by getting involved and, you know, talking about organic gardens and shit. <laughs> white people ruin everything. So here we are, more white people ruining a protest. Across America, all eyes will be on how the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans uh -huh. will respond. All right. Put your money on many of the players taking a knee during the national anthem. Can we bet on that? That's interesting. Put your money on many of the players taking a knee. What's that paying? What is it like? Two to one? One to two, probably. You'll lose money on that transaction, I think. Following the path blazed four years ago by Colin Kaepernick. Oh my god, he's a he's a trailblazer. <laughs> he's a trailblazer. Jesus Christ. But I just being free. Interesting times we're living in. The death of George Floyd has changed everything. Whoa, fuck. Are we putting this... <laughs> what does this have to do with football? What does this have to do with football? Interesting, interesting, that, they, interesting that they would just decide to flash that up on the screen. Right? Again, isn't... Like... <laughs> Isn't now taking a knee, isn't this insensitive, right? Everybody take a knee. But now you're showing the footage again? Wow. In a report about the opening of a football season. Ladies and gentlemen, the activism. This is how activism infects everything. People watch sport to escape from the shit of daily life. but you're not allowed to anymore. You need to be reminded of it constantly. You need to be part of the movement, otherwise you're part of the problem. 
And if that means getting to you at your sports ground, if that means getting to you in your favourite movies or your television shows or wherever it is, wherever the fight is, we will be there. One survey claims 56% of Americans say it is appropriate for athletes to kneel. Wow. Fire 56% say it's appropriate to kneel, Bob. The NFL announced the phrases, it takes all of us and end racism will be painted in the end zones all through the season. <laughs> and just like that, racism was fixed. Just like that, we solved all of the racism. So there's the answer to your question, boys and girls. How long do you, you know, how long is it going to be? How long are people going to be expected to be taking a knee? You know, is there going to be a time? Is there going to be a moment when people say, okay, I think we've done enough kneeling now. I think we've done enough protesting. Let's get back to what we were doing before. The answer is not for this season, at least. All year. End racism painted in the end zone. How appropriate. What this does for anyone or anything, I don't know. It does, however, make for very nice copy. It does, however, make for very nice snazzy little television spots. There you have it. Solving racism, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of which... Because we've got to end this white supremacy nonsense. It's got to come to a stop. This article was sent through by Dead Jedi on the Discord. Thank you for joining us, Dead Jedi. Thank you for sending it. This is exactly the kind of item we need to cover on this show because it's very important. Autopsies, ladies and gentlemen, can uphold white supremacy. They have long provided scientific and medical excuses for white killings of non-white people. Oh, this is very, this is very juicy. This is very spicy, this one. <laughs> just, just, just in case you missed it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Apparently, autopsies provide medical excuses for white people to kill non-white people. That's what they do. That's the role of an autopsy now. Maybe it's all. Maybe it always has been. I'm not sure. Finally, somebody is addressing this problem of autopsies promoting white supremacy. On Friday, the state of Minnesota filed a criminal complaint against former police officer Derek Chauvin, charging him with third-degree murder in the death of George Floyd. The charge sheet presented the preliminary findings of the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's autopsy, which asserted that Floyd's death was caused by a combination of factors, including his underlying health conditions such as coronary artery disease and hypertensive heart disease. Those are very serious things to have. Big killers. Minnesota's complaint states that the autopsy revealed no physical findings that support a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxia or strangulation. All right. Now, <laughs> now I'll, I'll read that quote again. Minnesota's complaint states, quote, 
The autopsy revealed no physical findings that support a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxia, which is choking, or strangulation. Now, you're presented with this piece of information, this piece of intel. We like to call it in the biz, a bit of intel. You've you've got this piece of it. You've got this nice little chewy little factoid. You're presented with this, you're, and you now have two options. You have two doors to go through. One of the doors says, "Wow, that's that's incredible news. This changes everything." Um, although I still have a problem with like the way that the situation was handled by the police. I guess it's wrong to say that he was necessarily choked to death, scientifically speaking anyway, but this definitely does shed a little bit of light on the whole scenario. It brings it brings forward you know, more questions and stuff like that. That's one way, the circumspect way to approach it. The other way to approach it, door number two in this contest of choosing a door, door number two is to say that autopsies uphold white supremacy. <laughs> And which one do you think the corporate media outlet, otherwise known as the Washington Post, which one do you think the corporate media decided to go with? <laughs> Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the diamond. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Yes, that's right. After receiving this information about the autopsy from George Floyd, we have now determined that autopsies are indeed white supremacy. Autopsies are racist. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even know what the hell we're doing here anymore. I don't. I, I legitimately don't care about anything anymore. Thank you. Thanks to this kind of stuff, I just add whatever. I don't give a fuck. Nothing bothers me now. It's beautiful. Why would you care? <laughs> I mean, think about, like, what's the point of getting into arguments with people, right? What's the point of getting into arguments with people if you can say to somebody, yeah, but look at the autopsy that came from... Because they're the ones that say, like, trust the scientists, trust the science, trust the science, right? You have to trust the science, you Bible-bashing science denialist, you. Trust the science. It's like, okay, here's the report from the medical examiner. Oh, well, that's racist. <laughs> What are you even bothering trying to argue for? <laughs> Anything that doesn't... It, it, memes become reality. Anything that doesn't neatly fold into the narrative is now just racism. And that's all that it needs to... That's all you need to figure out. Anything we disagree with is racism, including fucking autopsies, ladies and gentlemen. Three days later, an independent medical examiner hired by Floyd's family determined that the cause of death was asphyxia. And we hired our own guy and he said the opposite. Good. From neck and back compression that led to a lack of blood flow to the brain, within a few hours, the Hennepin County Medical Examiner released its final public report, which stated the manner of death was homicide. So we changed our story on the flight. That's good to know. That puts a lot of... That, that fills people with a lot of confidence when it comes to the system. Why do autopsy reports matter? Because they are often the most critical piece of evidence in murder cases. 
Autopsy reports produced by specially trained medical personnel are seen as neutral and objective documents, which give them, quote, political power. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh. This is making my nipples hard. The preliminary findings of the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's report, for example, used the veneer of scientific respectability. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it again. That line again. Play it again, Sam. The preliminary findings of the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Report, for example, used the veneer of scientific respectability to advance the outrageous claim that Floyd was partly responsible for his own death. (laughs) The heart disease. The medication. Outrageous! Hey, Semper Reloaded. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Follow Semper Reloaded, by the way, dlive.tv slash Semper Reloaded. Uh, I'll take autopsy as proven science for 200, Boogie. <laughs> we, play a little, we can play a little bit of Cloud World Jeopardy on this fucking bitch, huh? <laughs> so the veneer of scientific respectability. Remember, autopsies are racist. This has happened before. Wait till you hear the example. This has happened before. Over 100 years ago in India, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, as we know, this is a this is a great comparison to make because the medical, you know, the the field of medical science in India over a hundred years ago was obviously cutting fucking edge, right? <laughs> what an example! <laughs> You know, this has happened before. Over, they're still, (laughs) India is still like, has a lot of problems when it comes to medical science. There are places in India where they dispose of their dead bodies by burning them in piles next to the same river that people shit in. And then like further down the river, people drink that very same water and get cholera. People are literally drinking the ash of the dead and the feces of the living <laughs> in, in certain parts of India. Imagine what it was like over a hundred years ago. Do you think it was better? Press one in the chat if you think it was better. Press two in the chat if you think it was much, 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 much worse. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Washington Post. Sensational reporting. This is journalism. Fuck a duck. (laughs) This has happened before. Over 100 years ago in India, the use of medical evidence in legal proceedings, which was supposed to secure justice, actually helped white murderers get off the hook. And it threatens to undermine justice again today. You, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard that correctly. <laughs> yes, you do not adjust your your computers. It is this serious. The Washington Post is comparing current day medical examiner reports 
to what took place in India over 100 years ago and saying, just like in India over 100 years ago, medical examiner reports today are being used to get white people off the hook for murdering brown people. The 19th century British colonial state in India was a regime of conquest just just like America that sought legitimacy through the promise of fair and equal justice. The colonial legal system established in India included modern scientific methods of judicial inquiry, post-mortems, toxicology, fingerprinting that promised to make criminal investigations more trustworthy and reliable. And yet, Europeans who murdered Indians found the scales of justice tilted in their favour. Just like today. <sighs> God, fuck, I don't know. What am I doing this for? <laughs> why, why are we here? Those accused of killing Indians by bludgeoning them with sticks, straps, canes, swords, whips, bricks, kicks. Do we really have to fucking outline every single mode of death? to make to hit the point home. I think we get the idea. And Fiss routinely presented scientific proof in court that the deceased had died accidentally. White murderers regularly used medical evidence to argue that Indians had frail constitutions and weak insides that made them suspect, uh, susceptible to sudden death. That's kind of funny. Sorry, I'm not going to lie. That's kind of funny. Connor Goodingsworth, you are on trial for the death of the Indian peasant in the fishing village. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, it's not my fault, Your Honor. It's not my fault. You see, years of medical science has determined that the Indians have frail insides and are prone to dropping dead at any moment. Yes, it is true that I did bludgeon the man with my baton directly in the head, which to most people could cause a potentially life-ending injury. But I'll have you know that the man died instantly just a millisecond before my baton struck his temple. <laughs> because you see, Your Honor, the Indians have very weak insides and very frail bones, and they are prone to just dropping dead at any moment. <laughs> so as my baton was coming down to strike him on the face, he dropped dead right at that second before I made contact. You're free to go. Karen sent me flaccid, donated one diamond. Those who bludgeoned and sudden death explains. Exactly. Static void, you shouldn't narrate books. I already do. Protocols of Zion. No, no, come on now. Medical evidence played a prominent role in these cases because science and technology were part of Britain's civilizing mission. Okay, the fucking history lesson. For example, in 1903, oh my God. 1903? 1903. Was tried for killing a worker named Lal Su. No one disputed that Bane, his name's Bane? W.A. Bane. Look at that. <laughs> oh my God. Just too perfect. In 1903, Bain killed a worker named Lalsu. <laughs> Your Honor, it's not my fault. She has weak insides. She wasn't prepared for this. 
You eat curry? You think this gives you power over me? <laughs> Be free. India belongs to you. He was the inspiration, I think, for Mahatma Gandhi. That's how, well, that's how that happened. India belongs to the people. You need to tell them. The case was turned on the expert testimony of Dr. Chandler, who was a social acquaintance of Bain's. Although Lal Su appeared well outwardly, Chandler claimed he was in weak health and suffered from heart and lung disease. Bain was acquitted of homicide, convicted of simple hurt, a lesser offence. He was sentenced to only six months of imprisonment without hard labour. We're still in colonial India here. Let's get, let's get back to the present day at the end of this fucking article. The Floyd case sits on a long historical continuum of cases involving legal and extra-legal violence against black and brown people in the United States and across Britain's global empire. A 21st century version of the diseased spleen defence lurks in the shadows of the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's autopsy report. What does that even mean? Dr. Chandler Bing. Listen to this again. A 21st century version of the diseased spleen offence lurks in the shadows of the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's autopsy report. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Real news, real reporting. The Washington Post is saying that the current day 2020 Medical Examiner's report in regards to the death of George Floyd is flawed because over a hundred years ago, a white guy argued that an Indian died of a diseased spleen. Minister of Fun, give me the diamond. I'm late. Start over for me. Sure thing. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us here tonight on a special Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yes. <laughs> the George Floyd autopsy report is tainted with the death of some random Indian over 120 fucking years ago. Isn't it fantastic? Well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. 2020 is off its tits, stark raving mad. And if you're not having fun, I guess you're not trying hard enough. Uh, with that, I'm going to take a quick five-minute break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, so much more to get through. Uh, we're going to talk about the delay of the election results because that's something that's been brewing around for a little bit. We've got some more protest footage that might be fun to break down, plus a couple of other things we can have a little look-see at. So please stick around for the next five. You're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, see you soon. Do you suffer from mass hysteria, not knowing whether to wear a mask or not? Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-laughism, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... 
Charworthington here with Char Money Live, where you can have a Chahoot any of a good time. We have everything from current events to a Chasorson of McCarran, where these chickens just be going chug crazy. It's off the hinge. We even got Karen's jumping off of trailers. We got Karen's going chug crazy over french fries. We even have Karen's that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Chamonix Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing, and inability to shield off Karen's come within six feet of your decision. Expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence of the lack of bullshit in your life, and the instant ability to become based. For instant help with any of these symptoms, please contact the Chamonix hotline immediately or seek your closest woke friend who may be able to calm you during your time transition from sleep to awake. Mr. Mueller, rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post. <laughs> how many times I what? Mr. Mueller, I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. Sorry, would I like some toast? No, no, no. How many times did you cite the Washington Post? I'm sorry, at the party, am I a good host? I'm a very good host. No, no, Mr. Muller. How many times, yes, did you cite, yes, yes, the Washington Post? The Washington Host. I, well, I don't know the Washington Host, but I've heard good things about him. There's always lots of hors d'oeuvres. You know, I, I, I remember back when I was a younger man. A younger man, we, we, would host, we would host many soirees. Of course, back then. Of course, back then. Uh, I, was, I was quite debonair. I was a big, big fan with the ladies. The ladies very much enjoyed my company. And uh, myself and the Washington Post would get around town, make, make tremendous friends. And then, of course, I would always be up at the crack of dawn the next day to get the daily news. Because, as you know, in those days, they didn't bring the newspaper to your front door. You would have to go down to go down the road and get it yourself. And I would always make sure that I had a sixpence in my pocket to ride the trolley. <laughs> no, Mr. Mullen, how many times did you cite the Washington Post? Oh, the Washington Post, yes. Well, it was a tremendous paper. I remember back in the early days, you could purchase the Washington Post, a cup of coffee, and ride the trolley, all for around four cents. Those were it was a tremendous time to be alive. Post in your report. Don't have, I, I do not have knowledge of that yeah. figure, but I, I well, that's I, it. I don't have knowledge of that figure. I counted about sixty times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I counted about. I, I have no idea because I didn't write the fucking thing. Subscribe to the Daily Boogie podcast. It's what Granddad would want.
don't forget, Smens. This just in! The global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. Uh, coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you so much for waiting around. Like I said, so much to get through, so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please follow me and head to patreon.com slash boogiebump and become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to complain about smens, and you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, the preferred method is, of course, dlive.tv slash boogiebumper. Get some of those sweet little lemons and leave those soury little succulent suckers in my fruit bowl. Or... You can head to streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. Uh, let's go down under now. I want Because every now and then I like to catch you up on what's happening down here in the great nation of Australia. So just a little refresher. Some of the things we've been covering in regards to Australia. Um, we've been watching people get their front doors kicked down, uh, dragged out in handcuffs, including pregnant mothers in their pajamas for posting things on Facebook, which is f- tremendous. Because it's about time. It, it, it says to me that we've cleaned up all of the other, um, you know, illegal problems in this country. So we can now finally focus on that, on that group of criminals that's gone undetected for so long. That being the pregnant mothers in their pajamas posting things on Facebook. Lock them all up, I say. It's about time we started focusing on the real criminals here. So we've been reviewing that. Uh, we've now got drones flying around in the great city of Melbourne, ladies and gentlemen, the southern capital in the. People's Democratic Republic of Victoria. We now have the military patrolling the streets, enforcing COVID lockdowns. Everything is, in other words, everything is going fucking swimmingly here. Good job, Australia. Yes, I get it following the rules. So, so let's catch up because there were some protests, ladies and gentlemen, some lockdown protests in Melbourne, despite the fact that people were being locked up for posting things about it on Facebook. Let's see. Now, this is uh, a current affair. A Current Affair is a program here which is usually reserved for stories that interest um, busy single mums. So the the kind of thing they talk about on A Current Affair a lot is like literally the price of milk. You know, milk is going up 15 cents a litre. Whatever will are we going to do about this? Oh, yeah, well, there's so much pressure on like the family budget now. Like I'm finding it really hard to feed the kids. Um, dodgy plumbers. That's a story that they cover a lot on A Current Affair. You know, this guy promised to do my plumbing and he charged me $200 more than I should have paid. So when I saw this like flash up on my timeline, A Current Affair covering the protest, the lockdown protest in Melbourne, I thought, well, I absolutely must cover this on the show. Now, I haven't watched this clip yet, but I have a sneaking suspicion, having covered a current affair a lot on this program, I have a sneaking suspicion the kind of angle they're going to take. And I don't think it's going to be like standing in solidarity with people who are frustrated that they're being 
you know, forced to give up work, lose their homes, you know, become unemployed, all for a coronavirus lockdown, which can see them thrown in prison again if they post something about it on Facebook. So let's have a look. Why anyone would want to risk spreading COVID in Victoria right now is anyone's guess. (laughs) We're off to a flying start. Why anybody, why anybody would want to risk spreading COVID is anyone's guess. Winning TV with a diamond. Follow Winning TV, by the way, dlife.tv slash winning TV. Our good friend Yank Phil D'Angelo up there in, I think he's in Utica, somewhere upstate New York. Uh, he'll be live Saturday night at around 8 p.m. till God knows when and also Tuesdays and Thursdays. Thank you for the diamond, Phil. Yes, the plumber always charges twice. Well, the good plumbers do. Once for the initial job and then once to fix up the first job. Yeah, so this is unbiased as fuck, says uh, somebody in the chat. <laughs> Why anybody would want to protest lockdown is beyond me. I've got no idea. Don't they have jobs to go to? Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, right. No, they don't. They don't anymore, do they? No, they most certainly don't. Why anyone would want to risk spreading COVID in Victoria right now is anyone's guess. But that's exactly what's happened as huge groups of anti-lockdown protesters. Anti-lockdown. Anti-lockdown protesters, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I mean, you know, how about this? Let's just say... In an alternate universe, the roles were reversed. And let's just say that the media was against lockdown in this alternate reality, right? Do you think they would still be calling them anti-lockdown protesters? Right? Or would they be like pro-freedom protesters? Pro-democracy protesters? You see my point here? In this alternate reality, if the media was on the side of the people who, you know, are a little bit upset with the fact that they're not allowed to go to work and are now losing their homes, unable to pay the mortgage and whatnot. (laughs) If just for once the media was on on the side of those people instead of their overlords, do you think that they would still be calling them anti lockdown protesters? I'm not sure. But then again, I'm a very cynical person. Out masks broke stay-at-home orders right Stay at home Melbourne. orders. Police were quick to react. Good, good. <laughs> There's a big punch in the face by Constable Care over here. Listen, listen to the presentation. They refused to stay at home. They ignored the anti-lock. They ignored the lockdown orders. Police, thank God the police were quick to react. <laughs> And then we show footage of a copper punching a guy in the face. <laughs> I mean, think about think about the reality that we're living in. The same, ladies and gentlemen, the same people who themselves will march in protests right now. Like as of a month ago in Victoria, 10,000 people were marching through the streets of Melbourne saying police brutality has to end. Fuck that. We played the clip on Monday. Remember the protesters singing fuck the police? <laughs> Literally, the song, Fuck the Police. In the face of the police. Fuck you, the police. Fuck the police. Fuck the pigs. Blah, 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 blah. The same people who are doing that are now also cheering the same police punching people in the face. You cannot keep up. 
You have to bend your mind into the shape of a pretzel to understand this fucking logic. The same people who cry about fascism cheer when the police tackle people to the ground and punch them in the face for being at a protest. It is bizarre. And, you know, here we are, like I'm including you in this, here we are kind of just sitting in the middle looking around and it's like, Everybody is like slowly fucking turning into zombies around us. Like everybody is eating each other. Our little island of sanity is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller by the day. One week you can be you can be someone like legitimately you could be like a fucking professor or something. And you will be supporting people's right to protest against police brutality. And then the next fucking day, you can be supporting the police taking down innocent protesters with brutal force. <laughs> it's incredible. You've got to think, you've got to think it's manufactured. Because I, I can understand that they don't understand what they think. But like I said, what are we supposed to? We we just watch on while this virus, the the mind virus, the zombie virus, like infects more people. They start biting each other, biting each other on the neck. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, "Black Lives Matter!" Yeah, the police fucking punched that guy in the face. He's he's putting my life at risk. Yay, the police! It's. <laughs> Home orders right across Melbourne. Police were quick to react. Good. Listen to the music. We are in lockdown and I'm asking the world to help us. Oh, come on. Well, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Oh, no. Um, no. How do we tell her? How can we tell this lovely young lady? Oh, no. Winning TV with a diamond combined BLM with anti-lockdown. Let's see what happens. That's a good idea. <laughs> like we can be pro-BLM and anti-lockdown at the same time. Let's flip it on them. <laughs> Let's flip the whole fucking thing. Now, help me out here. I want to help this lovely, exactly, Movie Time Blues is on it, white suburban women gone wild. I want to help this white woman understand the future that she now lives in because she's born about 30 years too late, unfortunately for her. Once upon a time, being a white woman crying would get you like all the sympathy and all the attention. And to be fair, she did get a video, she did get a television camera on her. But what she didn't realize was it was for the purpose of shitting on her face. You know what I mean? <laughs> So once upon a time, everybody cared what the white women were crying about. But now, not so much. Now you're a privileged white woman, you see. Now, if you had have been out there protesting on behalf of Black Lives Matter, all of a sudden, boom, you're in the good books. We like you again. But you're protesting against lockdown. So unfortunately, we're going to have to take a nice big steaming dump on you. So... In lockdown, and I'm asking the world. 
They promise to turn out in their thousands. They're all on that holocaust. Oh my god, they're arresting the guy and putting a mask on him. Look at this. Wow. That is rubbing salt in the wound, isn't it? Not only do you get arrested by police, but when both your arms are pinned, they will put the mask on you. You will wear the mask whether you like it or not. We will force the mask on you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Stop resisting, citizen. We're keeping you safe. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for keeping me safe, that. Thank you. And before it even began, they were dropping like flies. Really? Someone's got to do something. Somebody Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. One step too far. Thank you for the uh, sub. One step too far. Follow One Step Too Far on YouTube if his channel hasn't been banned, which I suspect probably has, but if he hasn't, One Step Too Far, ladies and gentlemen. Unjust, unconstitutional. This woman was warned multiple times. Was she? Well, there's no epidemic. Oh, God, I hope I hope the police tackled her to the ground and made an example out of her. <laughs> because we're, we're keeping people safe. All about keeping people safe here. Please Why? I'm healthy. Before police <laughs> had enough. Here, here they come. Here they come. Send in the riot squad. We've got an elderly redhead on in our midst. I mean, look at her. She obviously poses a danger to society. This little old lady, literally. Hopefully, hopefully they baton strike her in the kneecaps. That'll learn her some respect. <laughs> Fuck this world. Follow Q with the diamond. I'm eating watermelon with lemon squeezed on top. What, on the rind? What's the point of that? It's a weird thing to eat. One step too far with the diamond. My channel got banned two days ago. Five times. <laughs> that That's the fifth one, is it? Well, there you go. Well done. One step too far. He's in the five-time ban from YouTube club. Congratulations. Well done. Very exclusive club. You're only in the club with about 85,000 other assholes who have been banned five times off YouTube. Well, congratulations, One Step. Thank you so much, YouTube. Thank you for keeping me safe from One Step Too Far's videos. Very offensive. I can't think for myself. Thank you so much. About being arrested here today, I think no, the police are going to want to in speak fact, to you. In fact, I'd love a night in jail. I'd love Would a night free of think that's where you're going. Oh, look at him talking tough to the little old lady. She says, yeah, you know what? I'd love a night in jail. And he goes, well, that's exactly where you're going. Fuck <laughs> me. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. One by one, COVID deniers were marched to waiting brawler COVID band. deniers, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! How about the how about that? See how that's been merged now? See how we're, we're constantly merging concepts on this show. So we 100% predicted that it would turn around and you would be accused of being disrespectful if you didn't kneel during the anthem, right? And that, that ended up coming to fruition. Now have a look at this. 
if you have a problem with the lockdown laws, right? Like it doesn't even have to have anything to do with COVID necessarily. If you have a problem with the laws of lockdown, meaning that you're banned from going to work, you can't afford to pay your fucking mortgage, we'll get to all that. Don't worry. This In this nation of 25 million people or thereabouts, which is Australia, I think, what, 13 million or so? Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. I think about 13 million or so are the working individuals in a nation of about 25 million because you've got to count out the kids and the retired people, right, and the people disabled and all that kind of shit. So I think it's about 13 or 14 million working Australians. We just hit last week one million new unemployed people in this country. A million. So what's that? As a percentage, an extra what? Like 7% of the population is now just unemployed in six months. Devastating to the economy, to our small economy here. You, you cannot just shovel one million people in a workforce of 13 million people onto the unemployment queue. One step too far with a diamond. Apparently, clipping my dick at birth wasn't enough. Well, no, of course not. You need to make more sacrifices than just circumcision, my friend. I mean, get with the program. So if you're protesting lockdown laws, you might not even be protesting COVID. Like the thing I've tried to say on this show is like, just because you have a problem with lockdown doesn't mean that you have to think that COVID is a hoax, right? The two things can exist at the same time. My position on this show has always been, COVID doesn't have to be a hoax. What's real is this shit here. It's the extra shit. It's the way people are dealing with it. It's the reaction to it. The reaction to it makes it real. So people are losing their jobs. They're losing their homes. They're deferring loans. The economy is taking a fucking steaming hot dump on the next generation again kicking the can down the road again and people are being told that they have no right to express any kind of displeasure with this they are not allowed to protest against it because in a very cute situation the very laws that they are trying to protest are the laws that they are breaking by protesting we've covered it on this show the 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 circular logic of it the politicians legitimately come out and say Everybody has a right to protest. You just have to make sure that it's legal. Oh, okay. Can I get a permit to protest? No, that will be breaking the law. <laughs> but you said everybody has a, lot, a right to protest. Yes, you do. Oh, good. Well, I want to protest against the lockdown laws. Sorry, we can't allow that. It's against the lockdown laws. Honk, honk. Exactly. Old man Rasta. Honk, honk. <laughs> everybody has a right to protest unless you're protesting against the very laws that are keeping you from protesting. <laughs> fucking insane. Let's carry on. Cast into hell Satan and all the wicked spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of the souls. There we go. And the police officers are doing the job of Satan today. There we go. See what I mean? you got to get the crazies in. And get this is why I try to tell people like fucking if you want to save the world, if you want to wake up, if you want to red pill normies and all of that kind of shit, fine. Fine. If you go in there talking about evil spirits and Satan and 5G and shit like that, 
you're not going to be red pilling anybody because normies don't think like that. So forget, don't protest on the grounds of 5G is giving everyone cancer or Satan is infesting the souls of the police. Do not, if you want, if you want some advice, you're not going to take it anyway because you're just going to accuse me of doing the work of Satan, which has happened, believe it or not. What, you're not prepared to go along with the, um, the protest line that Satan is infesting the souls of the police and 5G is causing cancer? Then you must be working for Satan. It's like, no, 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 I'm trying to help you here. If you're trying to get people over to your side, keep it simple, stupid. Minister of Fun, Kimmy of the Diamond. What about eating babies and Michelle has a dick? Yeah, that helps just as much. That's just as effective, right? So focus on this. It's wrong to arrest people who have broken no law. That's it. That's all you have to do. Simple as that. It is wrong to arrest people. It is wrong to throw people in prison who have broken who have broken no law, who have committed no crime. It is wrong to place a whole state under house arrest when they have broken no law and committed no crime. That is a violation of basic rights 101. fucking one. That's all you need to worry about. But no, that's too, that's too easy. That's too that's too hard to do that for some people. No, no, no. We have to go out there and say, I'm here because I'm standing up against Satan who is working through the police. And the camera goes right in there. And the people sitting at home who may be on the fence about lockdown laws go, well, I'm certainly not going to be on that side. Listen to these crazy people, right? Whereas if the message, if you can get the message uniform to be something like basic rights are being violated, it's you cannot arrest people who have broken no law then maybe those people sitting at home watching on TV go, you know what, that guy's got a fucking point. When did this law get passed? Did this law get passed? On what authority are they doing this? Shouldn't we care about this? You know, like, I'm going to have to go back to work soon. We're running out of money here. I think he's got a point, right? (laughs) Yeah, but you've broken Dan's law, which is above all the other laws. Yeah. Above common law, because we used to have this thing called common law, but now sitting above common law, a new level of the legal system, the public health guidelines, and that trumps any common law now, apparently. This is the new normal, 2020. Before all hell broke loose. All hell. There you go. Uh, Because I was talking with Foggy the other day. Somebody asked Foggy, who's an Australian living in Canada, are there different accents in Australia? And I was trying to explain that Melburnians do have an accent, but it's very, 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 very subtle. Now, see, I'm from Sydney, so when I say hell, I say it with an E. All hell broke loose. People from Melbourne say their E's like A's. All hell broke loose. H-A-L, hell. That's how they pronounce hell. Have a listen. <laughs> because I'm very very autistic when it comes to language and accents and shit. Winning TV with the diamond. They are violating rights and eating babies. <laughs> no, 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 just keep it simple, Phil. Don't, don't go off. Don't go off the plantation. Stick with me on this one. They are violating rights. Yes, it's wrong to arrest people who have broken no laws. Yes, and Satan is eating their babies. No, no, no. Shh. Just calm down. Calm down. <laughs> the job of Satan today. Before all hell broke loose. All hell. Oops. <laughs> Oh, hell, Victoria. 
All Hal Caesar. Hal. This man complained of catching the virus while he was being cuffed. This is why I come to work, mate. Why couldn't you go around? There's a protest here today. If you miss that, the guy who's being arrested, he said, mate, I walk through, I'm going to work. This is the way I go to work. Oh my God. Imagine, imagine if this was a BLM protest and people were being dragged off by the police, right? Just imagine it. Do you think that the reporter would have the balls to say to the person who's being arrested and dragged away, well, why didn't you walk around the protest? <laughs> no, of course not. They'd instead have the camera in the face of the coppers who are arresting him saying, what are you arresting this man for? He was walking, he was on his way to work. He wasn't even part of the protest. Like they wouldn't even need evidence. You know what I mean? But for this guy, man, I was just walking to work. <laughs> well, why didn't you go around it? There's a protest here. Don't you know? You deserve this. It's your own damn fault. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it. Isn't it great? Because this is where I come through, mate, every day. So right now, public order police are moving public into the order. Public order police. We have now renamed the riot squad. Oh, God. The Orwellian memes are just flooding thick and fast, aren't they? We renamed the police force to the police service, and we've renamed the riot squad to the public order squad. <laughs> Jesus. It never ends. It never ends. Ends. There are no innocent people. You've congratulations. You've ju you've just been visited by the public order squad. <laughs> We're keeping. Thank you for keeping me safe, public order police man. They've created a line here and are trying to push them all back in the effort uh, to attempt to disperse them. This old fella. This old fella. This is my country. This is my Australia. I've been born and bred here. This elderly activist is John Tiger Cassley. The John Tiger Cassley. Better fight the old tiger yet, huh? One step too far. Some Australians just want to watch the world burn. Well, you know, I, I used up all my fire extinguishers in the, early, in the late 90s and early 2000s. I have nothing left. A notorious anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist and a failed... Now we now see this is the problem now. Corporate media, when you do this kind of stuff, now I have to find more of this guy. He sounds like somebody. I, I, your views interest me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> Why are people saying F? Is the is the stream gone or something? What have I missed here? Oh, F in the chat for freedom. God, don't scare me like that. So what? So, so wait, what was his name again? The I know he's the tiger. Arr, like a tiger. The old tiger. I've been born and bred here. Yeah. This elderly activist is John Tiger Cassley, a notorious anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist. <laughs> John Tiger. John the Tiger Cassley. Let's have a look. Your views interest me and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. John Tiger Cassley. What is he? An anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist. All right, let's have a look. Hate invades Brighton and Caulfield. 
Oh, the Anti-Defamation League has a page on him. Oh, the Australian Jewish News says he's deeply offensive to the community. He calls himself a Christian Jew, apparently, to the uh, Australian Jewish News. Come on, let's let's see here. We've got to find a video of this guy. Where's the tiger? Where's the tiger? Show me the tiger. Come on. John Castle. Here we go. All righty. Which will be, my question will be, why did you go yesterday? That'll be my question. You ask and the you, question. You take I'll... it. You take it wherever some... you like. He has some tiger eyebrows there. Look at that. Look at that bush there going there. I'm, I'm already intrigued. His eyebrows cover half of his fucking face. Look at him. Fair enough. So we'll start. We'll start that way. That's a good idea. I like that. That's good. Yeah. I'll get it. You good? Yeah. John the Tiger. Yeah. You good to go? Come on. I'm gonna ask you the simple one though first, John. If you can say and spell your first and last name. Iceman4433, follow the Iceman, by the way, dlive.tv slash Iceman4433. Would love to Russell Crowe there. Good time for him. Uh, Russell Crowe would, yeah, Russell Crowe would Hollywood it up too much, though, don't you think? He would turn the protests into something memeish. That's a main book, says Monica. And they've got a whole lot of evidence, and they've been on a lot of media saying that. And then, of course... Every night I sit down in front of the television set, whether it's Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel whatever they are. I sit down in front of the television set? Not the television. That's a generational thing. It's not just the television. It's the television set. I hear every night the same story over and over and over and over and over again. Yes, like when in 1947... I took the trolley down to our central station in Sydney. That there is a serious pandemic scam. Yep. And that we all should be frightened. We should all... You meant, a, you meant a serious pandemic. Oh, sorry, is that what I said? You said a serious pandemic scam. But you're saying... Oh, it's always good when the interviewer corrects your own statement, right? Saying on the TV... Yes. They're saying it's a pandemic. Thank you for correcting no, me. No, you're right. You're <laughs> I like him. He's got a bit of... Got a bit of old school swagger chat about him, doesn't he, the tiger? Right, right yes. But there are others saying it's a scam. So Thank you for correcting me, Paul. We've got the doctors <laughs> saying it's a scam, and the doctors saying it's not a scam. Yes. Who do we believe, John? Well, this is my whole point. My whole point, and this is my whole argument. I'm not going to take a side here now and everything. All I'm simply saying is that we should have a mass media, which includes all your includes your media in it as well. I believe there should be a debate between those doctors who say that it is a scam and those government paid doctors and administrators who say, no, it's not a scam at all. It's no, you're not allowed to have a debate. <laughs> all I think is that we should have some kind of a debate. Well, he's ob obviously an anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist, then, isn't he? <laughs> Only an anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist would say that he wants a debate. Wow. The tiger, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to it. I think, I think we're going to have to do some more digging on the tiger. I think that there is some fruit there that needs to be... Uh, there's some soil that needs tilling. So I'm going to do some research. I'm going to do some homework on the tiger. He might he might be our guy. <laughs> Who knows? Sam! 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 I can't believe this is my country! Berlin! 
This is my Australia. I've been born in... Oh, and by the way, if you're not familiar, th- this is beautiful. Uh, so he's been called an anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist in this very report. The guy standing directly to his left is uh, the, is- the Israel-supporting uh, conservative activist Avi Yemeni, ladies and gentlemen. The Jewish guy. <laughs> Abby's obviously an anti-Semite as well. (laughs) Of course he is. This elderly activist is John Tiger Cassley, a notorious anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist and a failed political candidate. Failed political candidate. See, again, like, the programming is micro. It's micro-programming here. So if it was someone we support, we wouldn't say failed political candidate, would we? We would say one-time candidate or former candidate. Like, the former candidate for this seat. If someone was running a protest we agree with, we'd say, formerly a candidate for the seat of X. But if we don't agree with the protest, we say, former failed political candidate, right? (laughs) Again, once you see it, you can't unsee it. The shit they do is so obvious. He raps, Kitty. He doesn't rap, does he? Does he rap? Have you found a video of him rapping? <laughs> Kitty, but I, as soon as I see we're going to have to do some digging on John the Tiger Castley, I suspect Kitty B was hitting YouTube with the fury of a thousand, with the speed of a thousand startled gazelles. <laughs> Notorious Tig. Come on. Is there, is there a rap video? If there's a rap video, that's it. We're going to have to cover it. We, we must play it on the show. I'll keep an eye on the chat just in case somebody's found a, a rap video. Where are you, my sons of Eureka? These COVID deniers spewed... Vi- oh, they said he was notorious. Oh, okay. You got, you got Oh, my, you got me all excited there. For a moment there, I thought we were going to be watching some some Tiger videos of him dropping some hot lines. Um, watching him dropping some sick lines. Stick around. Oh, my God. Got me all flustered there. Vile abuse at police. Tell us why you guys are abusing the police. Have they caused this lockdown? (laughs) We have a legal right to protest. Seconds later. Can I ask why you people are abusing the police? And again, like a month earlier, people literally chanting in the street, fuck the police, fuck you, fuck the pigs, blah, 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 blah. The same media, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Thank you for the peaceful protest. You're doing so well. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the diamond. Fair did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Notorious T-I-G. Are you exercising? Yes, is one of the four that. reasons to come out? I have a legal right to be here. No, you don't, because you're not yes, exercising, do. you're not Read doing it. anything, so you're under arrest. Read it! I have a legal right to be here! Soon. Ah, uh, well, that's the thing about rights. In 2020, your rights mean diddly squat. They mean sweet fuck all. Oh, yeah, you've got rights, do you? Tell it to the judge, sweetheart. <laughs> That's 2020. We were the target. Our labour, our blood, our sweat, it's not going to be in vain. Excuse me, you've got no mask on. Please don't get close to me with no mask. Oh, my gosh. Tough guy reporter out there. <laughs> but don't worry. We're here... Here at A Current Affair, we cover the big news. Our reporters are fearless, searching for the truth. I'm going out to that protest to bring you the real story about the protest. These dangerous conspiracy theorists, I have no fear. I will face them. 
He's presented with two lovely young ladies, one of which is not wearing a mask, and then listen to the voice that comes out of him. Not gonna be in vain. Excuse me, you've got no mask. On. Excuse me, his voice is literally cracking. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, you've got no mask on. You please stay away from me. You make me, you make me very dangerous. <laughs> Our fearless reporters go where no one else dares to go. Uh, excuse me, young lady, you're not wearing a mask. You please stay away from me. <laughs> Our blood, I'll swear, it's not going to be in vain. Excuse me, you've got no mask on. Please don't get close to me with no mask on. Do whatever we want, mate. And she laughed in his face. <laughs> yes! Let's full screen that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> she didn't even say anything in response. She just laughed at him. <laughs> Lads, that's wife material. <laughs> Excuse me, you've got no mask on. Please don't get close to him. Look at this. Look at this. Do whatever we want, mate. This man. <laughs> Just giggled, you ladies. Oh, excuse me, got no mask on. It's very scary. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, dear. Now, fearless journalists. Man, Mal Doffitas then went shy. Can we ask what you've come out? He went shy? Oh, you fuck. He went shy. We just saw your voice crack when faced with a little, little girl smiling at you. You were terrified of her. This guy went shy. <laughs> Fuck you. Out here today, sir. I've just come out here because I, I love the people. I love the people. Man so of the police people. have managed to successfully barricade the shrine, and now these protesters are on the move. Officers have no idea where they're going. The police air wing is hovering above, following this crowd. Police formed a fortress around lockdown lawbreakers. A fortress. A scuffle after scuffle erupted. Scuffles. Back, police. Touch me. Right now, there's a game of cat and mouse being played by police in these protesters with officers pouncing on anyone stirring pouncing up good. Members of the Look at that. Ten of them piling up on this guy. Yeah. We're keeping you safe. We're protecting you. Just do what we say and we will protect you. Members of the media were stopped and checked. Our security guard questioned multiple times. Others... Oh, what do you need a security guard for, tough guy? <laughs> what do you need a security guard for? Thought you were fearless. Weren't you, just, weren't you just rubbing it in the nose of somebody who didn't want their face on camera? Look at this guy. He's being shy. <laughs> the security guard looks... He's built like a fucking refrigerator. No wonder. Briefly detained. Media. This is media. There he is. There's Avi getting arrested. Avi must have his own personal cell down at the fucking Melbourne jailhouse. A few kilometres away from the madness. The he, he spends more time in the Melbourne jail than he does in his own kitchen, Avi Yemeni. Premier was furious. It is not safe. It is not smart. It is not lawful. In fact, it is absolutely selfish. Selfish, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So we covered that on Monday. And here's the little video. We'll just play this video. Arrests of prominent cult-like anti-lockdown leaders weren't enough to keep... Cult-like anti-lockdown leaders, anti-Semitic conspiracy theorists. Oh, the programming, isn't it? Just, oh, it's just 
just being piled on, piled on, piled on. Keep the masses away <coughs> just 24 hours before the government's uh-huh. due to announce uh-huh. its roadmap out of lockdown. Oh, don't worry, citizen, we've got a roadmap. So, <laughs> roadmap. So we covered <coughs> uh, Daniel Andrews saying that this is selfish, right? So have a look at this then. Because as you know, every Australian state right now, well, most of them at least, there's border patrol now on the states. You're not allowed to travel to and from certain states. You're not allowed to travel in and out of Queensland, ladies and gentlemen. So I want to I want to focus on this because I've heard this term a lot, selfish. If you have a problem with lockdown, you're being very selfish, very, 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 very selfish people. Disgusting, selfish, self-centered. You don't care about people dying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Have a look at this story. A father's dying wish to see his children has been denied with the family unable to get an exemption to cross the New South Wales-Queensland border. Selfish dying guy. This selfish dying father. (coughs) This selfish dying man who wants to see his children before he dies... Luckily, the government is denying the access of the family to cross the border to see their dying father, right? This selfish, selfish man who it's all about. You think it's all about you, don't you, mate? (laughs) Thank you for keeping us safe because we're saving lives here. This is all about saving lives. So this selfish guy who wants to see his kids before he dies, um, he doesn't care about putting people's lives at risk. Fuck him, right? Exactly. Foggy in the chat. Can't you just die later? Very rude. How very inconsiderate of him. Hmm? A father's dying wish to see his children has been denied with the family unable to get an exemption to cross the New South Wales-Queensland border. Today, Queensland reporter Jess Millwood has the details from Brisbane. And again, as is now customary on this show, I'd like to point out that here on this show... We support the feminist push into uh, media because we agree with the feminists who say that women are greatly underrepresented in the media, ladies and gentlemen. So right now, you can see the reporter from Brisbane is a woman. The reporter from Melbourne is a woman. The reporter from Sydney is a woman. The reporter from the other reporter, we've got two in Melbourne. The other reporter from Melbourne is a woman. They're all women, but unfortunately, the host of the show is still a man. So feminism must roll on. We need wall-to-wall women on the news because women are dangerously underrepresented in the media. So we just need to point that out. God bless those feminists working for true justice and equality. Jess, good morning to you. Talk us through this story. Good morning, Kyle. This is truly heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Mark Keynes is a Brisbane father. He's based here at a Brisbane hospital at the moment. He's based dying of cancer and he isn't expected to make it until Christmas. His four young children are based in New South Wales. Based. So the family applied for a medical exemption for them to cr- come across the border and say goodbye to their father. That mm. has been knocked back. Instead, <clears throat> Queensland Health have told the family only one child can come into the state. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to Clown World! It's time for you, the dying man, to choose your favourite child because they're the only one that will get to see you before you die. Why? 
because we're protecting people from coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. Who is making these rules? Don't you feel safe? Like, if you, you know, this. how about this? Either all or none. Like, it would almost be, a, you would almost respect it if they said nobody is allowed to cross, right? No, no, we're taking a zero tolerance approach. Nobody is allowed to come and see you because that's the fucking rule. And you'll be like, okay. But no, no, no. Oh, no, okay. One of your children can come and see you. It's like they're playing with him. They're toying with him. Look, I'm dying. I'm going to be dead in a couple of months. I have four young children, like just a few hundred kilometers away. Can they please come and see me before before they die? And the, the health guidelines, the medical experts, ladies and gentlemen, your new overlords, sit back and go, hmm, let him see one of his children. Only one. Only one of your children shall be allowed to grace our state. The rest of them will have to remain in their cave like the peasants that they are. Right? Toying with the guy. No, just one. We'll give you one. Like it's a bargaining. Like you should be happy we're giving you one. Good job, Australia. To visit Mark Keynes. The family are questioning why is that the case. They now don't know how they're going to pick just one of the children to come up and say Fucking goodbye. Unreal. And the New South Wales Health Minister says he's disgusted. Take a look. I can only express my anger, my supreme anger. Supreme, supreme anger. At the Queensland Premier's decision, mm. which in my view is nothing more than base, loopy... Based. ...politics. Um, I'm appalled. Well, no, if we give exemptions to all the kids, then we have to give exemptions to everybody, right? I guess, you know, this is a pretty fucking horrific story. And this has become my go-to now to send to my friends and family who agree with lockdown. <laughs> Jim Enward in the chat, white supreme anger. Let's I certainly hope so, Jim. Old man Rasta with the diamond. These kids will surely trust the government in the future. Yes. Well, that's the upside. We're making libertarians out of them, I guess. Or fascists. <laughs> I don't know. Or jackboots. Or brown shirts. I'm not sure. Or communists. So this has become my go-to clip now because I have a lot of friends and family. Like I said, I you know grew up with a lot of like lefties and stuff. A lot of my friends are lefties and shit. Always been like the kind of the odd one out. And so this has become my go-to clip to send to people. I'll put the link in the chat. For the next time somebody says to you, it's about keeping people safe, don't be selfish, we're saving lives here, just send them that and say, okay, do you have a problem with this? Is this about saving people? Is this about keeping people safe? Because these are the people that like to tug on the fucking heartstrings. But when there are legitimate heartstrings to be tugged, their hand is nowhere in sight. Nowhere in sight. But I guess... I guess we can take solace in the fact that these rules are being applied equally to everyone, right? Like everyone has to deal with this. Remember, remember how much of the, uh, you know, advertising have you seen around lockdown in the last six months? Right, we're all in this together, guys. You and me, me, the blue collar worker, the uneducated blue collar worker, boogie bumper, is on the exact same set of conditions as you know the multi million dollar celebrities and whatnot. We all have to deal with this together. We're all in this together, right? 
I've given exemptions for people in entertainment and film because that's bringing a lot of money into this state. One step too far with the diamond. I won't even allow my girlfriend to observe the Sabbath. <laughs> what? One step too far. You must be a dream date. <laughs> well, as long, as long as you get to have one of those big Jewish weddings, then you get all the money. That's the main thing, one step. So, you know, keep it in perspective. So this is the minister who denied access to the guy's kids, right? Or said, we'll just let you have one. One child. So I guess if the kids... Maybe they should start singing or something or dancing. <laughs> Maybe the kids should sell a few fucking albums or something, right? Then they would be allowed <laughs> to see their dying dad. Can we, can we, exactly, fuck them kids. They don't have a record deal. Maybe we need to get them on a television show and then they'll be allowed to go and see their dying dad. So from one step to the next, you want to talk about one step too far, this is the minister responsible. You, that, here's that, that clip again. I've given exemptions. For By the way, what a strange flex from this woman. When she's being, she's being asked, why didn't you give exemptions to this guy's kids? Like, this is pretty heartless. This is pretty bad. You know, like most people do not agree with this. And she's like, I give exemptions all the time to rich people, to famous people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a fucking genius, this one. She's an absolute genius. Now, who's dumber? <laughs> who's dumber? Her or the people who put her in? I don't know. That's a philosophical discussion that could go on until the sun burns out. But she's obviously very, she's obviously highly intelligent. She's obviously the, the kind of high intelligent individual, high intelligence individual that we need in these kinds of positions making these kinds of decisions on our behalf, don't you think? One step too far with the diamond. Already got a text in me after sundown on Saturdays. There you go. I've given exemptions for people in entertainment nice. and film because nice. that's bringing a lot of money into this state. And can <laughs> I say we need every single dollar? And if it's safe, then I... We need... So if you can make money in the entertainment industry, we'll let you see your dying parents. How wonderful. How, glor how glorious, how gorgeous. Ah, now, I did promise you, ladies and gentlemen, that we would cover uh, the election stuff that I had, but we're basically, I don't have time to do it now because it's going to take like half of a show. So I'll have to push that back till Monday. Um, I just want to announce, though, the flag contest is now officially closed. As of the end of this show tonight, and then I will take the weekend to review the flags that we have. I will assess the flags and then I'll come to you with options for the final vote, the final winner. So the flag entries for the flag contest are now officially closed. We'll have to do the um, the United States election stuff next time. I did have some other shit. I mean, look, just on the small business stuff, like I can't, I can't imagine why people are protesting. Just before we go, have a look at this. Devastating map shows the great Australian dream being shredded in Melbourne with a staggering 97% of residents struggling to pay their mortgages in some suburbs. Like, I, can, I don't understand why people are out there protesting. 
Melbourne is home to seven of Australia's 10 worst postcodes for mortgage stress, where home borrowers can't service their loan and pay their bills on time. Victorian Labor Premier Daniel Andrews' stage four lockdowns are financially hurting young, growing families in the suburbs, and the prospect of more restrictions risk causing more businesses to close. The big banks in September are also auditing borrowers to see if they can start repaying their loans after six-month mortgage repayment holidays as unemployment hits double-digit figures for the first time since 1994, which at 1994 was referred to as the mini-recession. In Australia's worst-affected suburb, Pasco Vale in Melbourne's north, 97% of borrowers are suffering from mortgage stress, digital finance analytics data showed. And that's a very working-class suburb. It's blue-collar, working-class, low-income, right? Those are the people who are getting fucked in the ass hardest on this. The people who can't work from home, the people who can't set up a home office. They're the ones who are getting fucked here. Retail employees, right? People who are like on their first or second job. At Narry Warren in Melbourne's outer southeast, 96.8% of mortgage holders are in dire straits. Rich and poor suburbs alike are in trouble in Australia's second biggest city, with 95% of borrowers struggling in upmarket Armadale as a similar proportion, 95% buckle to financial pressure in working class uh, Aberfeldy and Essendon in the city's north. Outer suburbs more than 30 kilometres from the city centre were also a red zone with 94% of mortgage holders financially treading water in Mount Evelyn. You can see where this is heading, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost for words because Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. Sorry, there's the story there. I didn't have it up on the screen. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. Rent cancelled. Uh, banks recoup through foreclosure. Yeah, a lot of that's going to be happening. It'll be another housing crisis. Because that curve always follows, you know, six months, 12 months after the fact. So I'm kind of lost for words here because imagine a scenario where you have to have these conversations, like we touched on it earlier. You have to have a conversation with somebody who's who hates the idea of fascism, number one. But they simultaneously don't have a problem with the military patrolling the streets of Melbourne, enforcing lockdown laws. They apparently care about the little guy. They care about, you know, low-income people because because the you don't. You're a conservative. You hate low-income. You only care about big business. So they tell themselves that they care about the little guy, but then they don't have a problem shutting down the little guy's uh, place of employment, sending the little guy to the fucking wall financially. They don't care. We're keeping people safe. They simultaneously believe that everybody has a right to protest... At the same time as they want to see the police tackling people involved in protests they don't agree with. Like, regardless of which angle you come at this, you are dealing with, a, you know, a kind of intellectual brain cancer or something. Zombies. Like I said, we're, we're being infested by zombies. Uh, Karen sent me flaccid. Boomers killing the young yet again. <laughs> yet again? <laughs> Thank you for the diamond, uh, Steph. And our little island of sane, rational people just continues to shrink. It just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Here's a quick one for you, because it's not just Melbourne. 
Uh, here's my city of Sydney, ladies and gentlemen. Same report, a current affair. Let's see how they report it. Once bustling shopping strips now looking like ghost towns. The double whammy of a pandemic and online boom hitting retailers for six. Many have closed. Others are just holding on. Look at that. Look at this. No. This is now a common sight in Sydney, which is, you know, the economic beating heart of Australia. The largest city in Australia, the jewel, the jewel of the South Pacific. <laughs> it's a beautiful city, and you know, ask any Sydney sider like myself. We're all very proud of our city. We love Sydney, right? Even we have a love-hate relationship. We hate it sometimes, but we're from here. We fucking love the place. This is not uncommon to see now. Foot traffic, no tourists, no business. I've been here for three years, and this is as quiet as it's ever been. Ruth works at Jules Collins Jewellery in Sydney's CBD, underneath the Sofitel Hotel, currently being used for hotel quarantine. Like, there's a place in Sydney called Newtown and a lot of, like, university students live there. And I remember, like, two months after the lockdown started, Newtown is always busy. Like, there's always, like, drunks, like, because, like I said, it's a uni suburb. The university is right there. Iceman with the diamond. Let's see how this guy's re-election goes. One wonders. <laughs> That's the problem, though. We have a conservative in power now. So if you're voting for the other thing, you're voting for you're voting for the worst guy. Like it doesn't make any difference anymore. Two sides of the same coin. And th this is why you know one quarter of Australians now vote for third-party options. Ten years ago, it was less than 10% of people would vote for someone outside the major parties. Now it's closer to 30% of people vote for someone outside the major parties. But we have mandatory voting here and the preference system. So the preferences flow, the way the preference system works is the preferences flow to one of the major parties anyway. So like quite literally, it does not matter who you vote for. One of the major parties will get that vote at some point anyway. So I was driving through Newtown at like one in the morning and it's not uncommon in Newtown at one in the morning to have like every single bar open, every single restaurant open. Um, you know, people spilling out onto the roads. There's a lot of like stoners and fucking drunks and shit like that. But you also get like a lot of blue collar people there as well. Not just uni students, but you get a lot of people who work in the city who want to, you know, go see a band or, you know, try to get laid or something after work. Like, they go into Newtown because it's filled with fucking young uni students. So it's not uncommon to see. And I was driving up King Street is the main street in Newtown. I was driving up King Street, man, and I was swerving, like, on my own. Nobody on the streets, not another car on the road, not another vehicle on the road. And I was swerving from, like, lane to lane. Just, like, wow. And that's when, that's the moment when it dawned on me how fucking serious this is. In that moment, because I've never felt so alone in a city of five million people. It was like it was like the last man on earth kind of shit. And I was like, I have never seen Newtown like this. It was eerie. It was dead silent. And that's when it was like, boom, it's like smacked me in the face. And it was like a 
couple of weeks after all of this shit started back in January or February or whenever it was, in that very moment, I was like, holy shit, we're getting fucked here. We are getting fucked here. And now, look, six months later, this <clears throat> this is the result. And, you know, if you want to support uh, big major corporations, that's fine. Continue supporting lockdown laws. But you should at least have the intellectual integrity and the honesty to admit what you're supporting. <clears throat> I mean, you're supporting the police punching people in the face and tackling them to the ground. The anti-Semitic conspiracy theorists, as you dub them. Two weeks after, you're supporting people marching in the streets, protesting on behalf of uh, being against the police. So one week you're against the police, the next week you're in favour of the police. One week you're talking about empathy and how we need to save lives. The next week you're cheering on while a, a, a dying father is denied access to his children because he lives in another state because we're saving people's lives here. We're protecting people's lives. One day you're talking about the need to protect low-income workers. The next day you're taking a big shit all over them. One day you're talking about how much you hate the corporations. The next day you are supporting the very laws which are giving the corporations a leg up against everybody else and killing their only competition, which is small business. And you know, like I said, if you think that you're going to be saving the world here and you're trying to red pill normies and you're trying to change minds and you find you're not having any luck talking about how demon spirits are infesting the police and 5G is giving giving people cancer, then maybe try it another way. Because as it stands right now, people who are against this situation, like I said, this island is shrinking. The same rational island is getting smaller by the minute. And as it stands right now, most people disagree with us. Most people do not agree with us. And you can point out the contradictions. And you can point out the hypocrisy. And you can point out the devastating economic fallout. And you can point out the devastating social consequences. You can point out all of these things and they will laugh in your face. Except Minister of Fun Kimmy put it perfectly. People think freedom is selfish now. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Daily Boogie. We will cover the United States election stuff on Monday night. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for sharing the show out. Thank you to everyone who contributed on DLive. Don't forget to follow our friends later on tonight, uh, Irrational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra. Uh, One Step Too Far said he's going live on DLive after this, so go and check out One Step Too Far. He does great videos. Uh, you've also got everyone's favourite lover of French women, Mersh, coming up later on tonight. And then I'm not sure if Joy of Pessy is going to be around over the weekend. I'm not sure. Major Tom should be on on Saturday. No Sunday night shit show this week. Don't forget Winning TV Saturday night as well. And then I'll be back on Monday at 6pm. So with that, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Don't forget Chimani as well. The great Chimani. Um... Follow me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper and please, please, please subscribe to the podcast and hit that download link. Until Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.